Welcome to The Range Brief. I'm your host, Jerry Raymond. Today, I have a special guest, Jed McLean. If you've listened to the podcast before, you will be familiar with Jed. He is not only my inventory manager, but he's also the largest sole owner of NFA items I personally know. Jed, today we are talking about USPSA. What the hell is that? <laughs> USPSA is uh, practical shooting, uh, racing with handguns. Uh, well, no, now you can do it with a PCC as well. Tell me more. How does that differentiate from what's another IDPA? So IDPA is more of a defensive gunfighting style of competition, you could say. It's going to be more scenario-based as far as you know, you're at the grocery store, yada, yada, yada happens, and now there's three bad guys engage as presented. Um, USPSA is more, as I said earlier, racing with handguns. Um, it's a set stage. You get five minutes to review the stage. There's different starting positions depending on what the stage requires. And then it's off the races. How quickly can you finish the stage scoring as many points as possible? Sounds kind of intimidating. Especially somebody who hasn't shot competition. Is it, uh, is it friendly to newcomers? or Very friendly. I, I was a brand new to it when I went. It is such a great group of people of all walks of life that are doing this. Uh, very, very welcoming sport. Uh, at the beginning of every match that I've ever been to, the first thing they ask is, do we have any new shooters that have not shot a USPSA match before? And they are, we're more than welcoming to new shooters to the sport. We want to continue to grow it. So today, that's really what we're talking about is what is USPSA and you know what do you need to know should you want to be a competitive shooter? Uh, I know when you first started talking about it, you said grandmaster shooter. And I was like, that sounds pretty sweet. What is that? So uh, USPSA has classifications for the membered shooters. You don't have to be a member to shoot local level one club matches, but to shoot the level two and level level two and level three big matches, you do have to be a USPSA member. And the classification kind of gives you an idea of where you stand amongst your peers. Grandmaster is the top 5% shooters in uh, USPSA. These are the guys that do some almost wizard-like stuff with a handgun and speed. What would be what would be more attainable? Usually, uh, it, it all depends on you know somebody's personal shooting ability when they start. D class is the lowest. These are the guys that are hitting you know in the in a, like I think it's a forty percentile and under. Um, C class is a very common place for people that are starting out to wind up with a classification in C. Um, though I, I've I've seen some guys that that were you know very athletic and phenomenal shooters and come right out of the gate in uh, B class or A. Um, M is your master class, and then of course you got the grandmasters at the top tier. Okay, so it's a tiered system. It's a competition. How do I become, what was the term, sanctioned? Classified. Classified. How yeah. do I become classified? Uh, to become classified, your initial classification, if I'm remembering this correctly, is four classifiers shot. Those are like matches. You got to shoot four of these special matches? No, it's your classifications are specific stage design. They'll have very specific rules and engagements, and they're set up to kind of test the all-around ability of the shooter as far as 
you know, draw speed, magazine changes, engagements of targets, freestyle versus strong hand only targets, weak hand only engagements. Um, there is a lot of classifiers, but usually in a match, you will only have one classifier per match. There are some there are some uh, situations where a club will run an all classifier match where they'll do you know four to eight stages that are all classifiers. So that's great if you're trying to bump up, say get out of C class or get out of B, you know, striving to get into for your A class or master. And it also gives somebody the ability, like if they're just starting out, they want a good idea of where they're at to shoot an all classifier. And, you know, at the end of the day, the following Tuesday, when USPSA updates their system, you'll get your classification. So the classification, it puts you in a different like category of shooter. Is there like a prize table or something? What What's the benefit of being a grandmaster? Anytime you, at least for me, you know, wanting to shoot, you want to attain the highest bit. You, you want to be as good as you can in that top tier to go for. So it's bragging rights. It's, it's what we're talking a about. A lot of it's bragging rights to a degree. Um, when you shoot the, you know, local matches won't have prize tables or anything like that. Your level one stuff. I, I've never seen one at one. I'm not aware of anybody that does the prize tables and stuff start coming into play at the level two and level three. So when, when you shoot an area sectional match or you shoot a state championship or you get good enough and get an invite or perform well enough to be invited to the national championships, that's where the classifications really kind of hung in there because, you know, there's, there's a few ways to win a match, so to speak. You can win one overall, which means of everybody that shot, regardless of classification or division, you were the top shooter of that day for this match. And that's speed and accuracy. Yes. Yes. Um, but then there's also, you know, you might not win. So you don't win first overall as far as the entire match goes, but you might win first in your category division of shooting, whether that's open class carry optic production. And then depending on how many of your peers are shooting the same division that you are and in the same classification as you, there's even class wins within a division. So you might end up coming in, you know, eighth in a big match, but you, you know, there was say 40 class A carry optic or class A carry optic shooters and you place first of all them. So you technically would have won carry optic division class A. Okay. So I guess we're getting into like, what are the classes? So your classes will kind of dictate what you're using as far as the competition goes. Like what type of gun? Yes. Okay. Um, open is going to be your full on race package guns. I mean, these are usually high capacity, you know, 20 plus rounds compensated. They have frame mounted optics instead of slide mounted optics. These guys will have full race holsters, so they won't look like your traditional carry holster. And these guys are usually shooting in the major power divisions. So hand loaded ammunition typically hand loaded ammunition and occasionally you'll see some some oddball ammunition like 38 super comp which is a 38 super without a rim on it you know it was very very popular for a lot of years nine millimeter major has kind of become the flagship uh in the open division you get a lot of capacity um you're still using nine millimeter but it's loaded to a major power factor so you're shooting like 357 magnum power out of a 2011 pistol so open race car, probably not for everybody, but we're going to talk about this later. 
Jed's going to take me to one of these things. We're going to see how old boy does. And I'm taking an open gun. Yeah. So yeah, I can come in dead nuts your, staca- your staccato XC will be an open minor. But, you know, don't don't let that, uh, you know, I don't want that to discourage you or, or anybody that's out there listening. I see a lot of open minor shooters. Uh, they're running staccato XCs. They're running staccatos with a Genghis comp port or ported Glocks and ported M&Ps shooting in that open division because it's compensated. But these guys are doing phenomenal. And, uh, you know, you don't necessarily need race rigs either. I see a lot of shooters locally that are running inside waistband holsters. So, I mean, they get on the line. You don't even realize they have the a firearm on them. You know, you see some of us, like myself, that are running race rigs, and these guys are shooting from inside waistband. And it really comes down to the skill. I have seen some phenomenal shooters that, that can present a gun from concealment. It's just mind-boggling how fast they are. So open class, you can do whatever you want. What would be the next handgun class? I would say right now at this moment, because the other one hasn't has just officially started, we don't have numbers for it yet. Carry optic is the big one that I see. Um, carry optic is going to be what we would consider a production pistol. So it's going to be your Glock 34s, Glock 17s, your Walther PDPs, your Sig Sauer 320s um, with no compensation, no porting on the barrels or anything, and they will have a slide-mounted optic on them. So there's a ton of guns out there right now that fall into that. You know, and as both of us have seen over the years, optics on handguns is growing exponentially every year. Uh, and since this class has been introduced, it's kind of become the one to shoot. There is a new one coming, limited carry optic, that is going to allow single-action pistols with slide-mounted optics. So that's where your MPAs and your Staccato 2011s are going to You're seeing more of those fall in, a lot more of those guys being able to shoot those. They can have mag wells, but again, no porting or anything, or that's going to push you into the open class. So no frame-mounted optics, all slide-mounted. Right. What about like trigger work? Can any Can they have worked over triggers and oh absolutely yeah um so it know, just has to be a stock gun that's not compensated and is there a magazine capacity limit there is for carry optics um, you can't have a magazine over 141.25 millimeter that's super weird that it is kind of a weird you got to understand that uspsa is an american derivative of ipsic from overseas so hence the magazines being measured in millimeters with that what does that come out to like a standard Capacity um, as far as nine millimeter or not really? It depends on the manufacturer. You know, MBX makes some phenomenal mags, metal mags for Glock that'll get you to about 24 rounds. The Sig Sauer factory 21 round mags, uh, sometimes they need a little work on the back of the base pad, but those will usually fit a gauge with a little bit of work. What a lot of guys that run 320s that I've seen, they'll buy a Terran tactical base pad or, or a base pad from another company like Henning and add that to that 21 round mag, try to get them around 23, 24 rounds capacity is usually where we'll see those at. Open division is capped to 170 or 171 millimeter mag. So depending on who they got that magazine from, that's 26 to about 30 rounds, depending if they have a slide lock follower in it or not. That's a not insignificant amount of ammunition hanging out of the bottom of your gun. No, I mean, you know, one of the goals that I've always heard, and even in some of the classes that I've taken to try to become a better shooter in USPSA, you want to spend as much time possible shooting and the least amount of time not shooting. So anytime that you don't have to hit a magazine reload or lose that time doing such the better the more time that you can spend putting rounds down on targets 
better off you're doing. So we've got the optics choices, the open guns. What about the other classes? And those are probably simpler, right? Um, some of them will be. So production class is pretty simple. That's going to be, um, there's there's some rules behind those. Um, you can't have, if I remember right, more than 10 round magazines. So your magazine can hold more than that, but you can't have any mag loaded more than 10. So, you know, if you show up with a Beretta 92 and it's got 15 or 18 round factory mags, as long as you're not loading them past that 10 rounds, you're golden. Um, limited division uh, will follow uh, very similar to open the a lot of the guns that we see in open are tricked out versions of what we used to see in limited limited is just not have an optic uh limited can be single action only they can't have an optic so it's iron sights only but they do get that higher capacity mag and they can run the race rig holsters Got it. they don't have to use the same style holster that someone in production or carry optics division would um, single stack is going to be your single stack 1911s is kind of where that one falls. Uh, there's a minor and major power factor category for that class. So, uh, f- like your major, if you're shooting major power single stack, you can't have more than eight round magazines. If you're shooting minor factory or minor power single stack, you can run 10 round magazines. Um, there's a revolver division as well. Um, another one that I, I did depends on where I'm shooting at for how many people we see, but PCC, you know, the pistol caliber carbines are a very popular option. Those guys, I've, I've seen people shoot SBRs. I've seen 16 and 18 inch PCCs, um, no magazine restrictions with those guys. So I've seen some pretty cool rigs running, you know, MBX extensions on Glock mags. These guys can go to the line with 57 rounds loaded and ready to rock on the stage. PCC. So probably handgun caliber though couldn't go up like a it has it does have to be handgun caliber and it's scored minor power only so there's no real advantage to shoot a 40 or a 10 millimeter or a 45 pcc because it would be scored the same as a nine mil minor power it's probably a good time to talk about power factor because this is kind of a mind bender especially if you just buy factory ammunition Walk us through what power factor is and what that means on a stage. So your power factor dictates how many points you score uh, for hits on targets. Whether you are shooting minor power or major power factor, the alpha A zone hits are worth five points. Alpha being center of, like the smallest target in the center of the target. They're smaller than the C zone, definitely. But I mean, this is almost an eight by 11, like, you know, on on a standard USPSA brown cardboard target with no protections, no no shoots, nothing crazy, just the standard brown target. The A box center is like an eight by 11 sheet of paper. So, I mean, you've got a good, good chunk there that you can, you can, shoot into when you get into major you're getting more points for any of the charlie and delta area hits on the target so anything outside so that's where that really starts playing into effect um most targets will most cardboard targets will require two hits two scoring hits to count so if i'm going to kind of have to run this off memory here alphas are both worth five and then i believe it is three and two or four, or it's five, four, three, I think is how major power goes. And then it's like five, three, one for minor. So I'm, I'm thinking I might be messing that up. So basically, if you are shooting what is major power factor, it's a more powerful bullet. And so they score it as you need less hits to get the same amount of points. Absolutely. 
And then the way to find out, you know, and, and you'll declare for these, you know, but not every division will allow you to shoot major power. Carry optics doesn't have a major power category. The new limited optics doesn't. PCC doesn't. Your open division does. Uh, you'll declare either major or minor, single stack, major or minor, revolver, major or minor. So um, what's a what's a factory major caliber? Is there any? Um, a factory major caliber, you know, revolver's a great one to look at, 10 millimeter, 40 Smith & Wesson, 357 Magnum. Those will typically be major power factory. 45 will be right in there as well. Nine millimeter factory ammo. While some of it can be potent, it doesn't hit that major category. So the minimum to reach major power is 165. And the way you find out that is it's the grain of the bullet you're shooting times its feet per second at 10 feet divided by a thousand. So if you're shooting a 147 grain nine millimeter at a thousand feet per second, your power factor would be 147. While that's potent, it's still well under that 165 minimum to be declared major. Uh, for minor, you have to be a minimum of 125 power factor. So to put that in perspective for nine millimeter, that's like running a plus P plus round. Absolutely. Yeah. The guys that I know that are running them usually are hovering around 124, 125 grain bullets at like 1,375 feet per second or more. So, I mean, they're they're literally shooting 357 Magnum power out of a 9 millimeter. So, and you need you need a special gun to do that. Absolutely. You're not, you're not, you're not doing that with a Glock. You're not doing that with a staccato. Well, like, maybe once or twice, but it's it's not recommended yeah, by any means. It's, sure. You're going to be rough. Um, and that's where the compensators and the, and the porting comes into play. It's bleeding that excess gas off to keep the gun from just beating itself into the ground after a few rounds. So for most people shooting a nine millimeter, going to be minor power factor. Absolutely. Um, so just and, shoot alphas, right? And you don't have to worry about yeah, it. Well, and that's the big thing with carry optics is is that scoring. You're after you're chasing those af- alphas. Same thing with PCC. Anything that you're shooting in minor, you want as many, 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 many alphas as you can get. There's a little bit of forgiveness, you know, with open. You know, if you shoot Alpha Charlie, Alpha Charlie, Alpha Charlie every target and you're shooting open or you're shooting a category that allows major power, you know, you're scoring nine points every bit versus uh, the eight points you would only see. So over the course of a match, that stuff can really start adding up. It makes sense. I mean, you get there's a benefit to shooting a heavier recoiling round, a gun that's theoretically harder to shoot quickly you get more points for that versus a gun that you should be able to control pretty easily that's the thinking right Uh, some of it absolutely i mean you know don't get me wrong some of these major guns i mean even even these open guns that are run in major power nine you know the comps and the porting and everything that's been done to these they're like shooting a gun on rails i mean they're loud and they're concussive and even being behind the the optic you feel it but they're they're specially tuned to handle that load and for a certain repeatability to it. So it depends on what you're shooting, but you know, ideally, yeah, a lot of the guys I know will hand load ammunition whether they're shooting open guns or they're shooting carry optics. Because like for us in carry optic, there's no reason to shoot a harsh nine millimeter that's in the 140 power factor range 
when we only have to make 125 minimum. So a lot of guys find like the 130, 132 power factor is the sweet spot. It's a game. You got to play, you got to play the game. And if you're going to get serious about it, you're going to work it. But like for me, I'm probably never going to get super into this. Like, I think it'll be fun. I'm excited to try it. Maybe I'll catch the bug. But if anybody wants to try it, what equipment do you need? You will need first and foremost, a firearm. Uh, with Check. or without optic <laughs> depends on on what division you want to go for uh, but uh, you know baseline of it you're going to need a holster you're going to need some spare magazines and a means to carry those magazines i prefer to carry magazine pouches but you could absolutely if you wanted to you could stick them in your back pocket and and pull mags from there if you'd like but there's um, like movement on the stage so you you don't really want to be a gypsy camp leaving your stuff behind. Absolutely. So that's that's where the race rigs come in. You know, a good sturdy belt, good sturdy magazine carriers. Um, there's a lot of options out there. Uh, and, and you'll see guys that will, you know, when they get into this, they dive right into the deep end. They're buying Double Alpha Academy. They're buying Mach 1 Speed Belts. I mean, they're, they're going all out at one time. And that's fine. That's not a bad thing to do. But you need to be, in my opinion, you should be really committed to it at that point because you're putting a lot into it. What I've seen a lot of guys will do is they'll start simple. You know, hey, I'm gonna I'm gonna buy a, a blade tech belt and spend forty dollars on it, and I'm gonna buy you know three or four magazine pouches from them for twenty bucks a piece. I'm gonna get a decent holster that I can put on a belt. Maybe they'll buy a belt hanger for it. It's up to them. And you know for $150 in gear and and whatever they have in their gun and ammo, they kind of get into it, drop a pinky into the pond, see if it's what they really like, and then expand from there. Okay. Gun, holster, magazine pouches, ideally. But yes. that's really all you need. Yeah. that's that, I mean, that's a good pair of shoes that you can run and move in. What's the average, like, a movement on a stage? How far do you actually traverse? Man, there's no easy answer for that because these stages can all be so different. But it's not going to be. You don't have. You don't need to be able to like sprint fifty yards. Okay, yeah, it's not you the know, mammoth nothing. sniper comp. You don't have to like. There's no real. Like, there's some athleticism, but it's not. Uh, what's the word? Like exclusive. No, no, not by any means. You know, uh, level twos and level threes will be different. But as far as the local matches, I mean, you could you could walk through one. I mean, no one's going to tell you you can't. I mean, you don't feel like you have to get in this and like, oh, man, I need to be doing football drills for footwork and running suicides in the base, you know, in the basketball gym for four or five days before I go and shoot a match. You don't need that by any means. Okay, so we got the gear in Ohio, centrally, central Ohio. Where Where do you do this? I guess that's the next big question. Like, if I have interest in it. How do I find out where to go and where do I go? So the the best way to find out where to go uh, is a website called Practice Score. Um, you can sign up for an account on there and punch in, you know, USPSA Ohio, and it'll show you area matches. Um, Cardinal Shooting Center in Marengo uh, hosts a fantastic uh, match almost every month. Sometimes it's every other. It just depends on how much they have going on at the time. Uh, fantastic range to shoot USPSA at. Crawford County Sportsman's Club does another fantastic match. They're just a little further north of us. Uh, Pickaway County Sportsman's Club down in, I believe they're in Chillicothe or Circleville, Circleville, Ohio. 
They do one about every month. Briar Rabbit out towards Zanesville does another match. I know there's one that's done. I believe it's Miami Sportsman's Club out by Cincinnati. So there, there is surprisingly within you know an hour, hour and a half of Central Ohio is several clubs that put on some phenomenal matches. See, wow, that's five places within an hour of Central Columbus. That's yeah. amazing. And there's there's even more in Michigan. You know, there's there's three or four ranges offhand, uh, you know, south of Ann Arbor or, or right outside of Detroit that run matches during the season too. So there's there's definitely places to go. And then if you really get into it, uh, there's some level twos and level threes all over the country, you know, Virginia, Ohio, Tennessee, Kentucky, Florida. There's some great matches out there that can be uh, can be shot on a weekend. Okay, so now I know what gear I need. I know where to go. Walk me through like what the first day would look like. So I, I I know what I'm getting into. I don't look like the guy lost in the soup. Sure. So you will, uh, you'll arrive at whatever range that you're going to. They will have a check-in. You'll check in with them, give them your name. They'll verify your information from practice score. Usually there's a cutoff for it. So we'll say, you know, 9am is the cutoff. Don't want to cut you off. Ah, that's a lot of cutoffs. Um, <laughs> the practice score you actually register for the match through that site yes practice score is where you will find and, and do your initial registration for the for the match and then what's the cost for the match itself um usually they will be between 20 and 40 dollars for a match it depends on what they're doing midwest does a great bit in the winter Mr. Patel that runs those matches for them has was doing all classifiers this past winter, which is a great event. It's all indoors. So when the temperature was crazy and nasty outside, you were still able to get some shooting in for the all classifier matches because there's fees that have to be paid for how many classifying stages they're running. Those were a little higher than your normal match. So they were 40. But it was a great match, great opportunity to still shoot indoors. Outside matches, you know, that only have one classifier, like your PCSI match or Cardinal or Crawford, will usually be in the 20 to $25 range for your match entry fee. It's pretty reasonable. Very reasonable. Okay, so 9 o'clock is the deadline to be registered. Now what? Well, so you'll usually registration ends on practice score the day before, oh, but that okay. doesn't always mean, you know, I've, you can always take a look and I've, I've looked before, Hey, there were still slots when this closed, you know, got busy, life gets in the way, yada, yada, yada. And I've showed up day of matches before and still been able to register. So don't, don't take that. Like, Oh man, if, if you're looking on there and you see there were still spots when they closed registration, there's a good chance they can still get you in for the match, but you'll show up, you know, when the registration deadline ends, you'll check in, pay the club, the fee, for the match, they will have a shooters meeting, give out any info that's needed. Hey guys, yada yada, by the way, because Bay 3 is flooded, we're only going to use four, what have you. And like a safety brief, I'm sure. Yes, you'll get a safety brief and then they will dismiss you to go to your stages. So if you're in squad one, you'll start on squad, squad one will start on stage one, squad two on stage three. Break down the squad thing and how do I know what squad I'm in? So when you sign up, it will give you the option to select your squad. So um, if you're going with a buddy, you could join in with them. If you're just going to shoot it, just kind of plug in wherever you can along the way. Uh, and uh, you'll link up with your guys on that stage and uh, you'll get a five minutes. Uh, someone will review the stage briefing for how the stage is set up, where the start position is, if there's any special rules or anything that needs to be followed. And uh, you'll get five minutes to walk the stage and kind of get your game plan. And then uh, when it's time to roll, it's time to roll and they'll start running shooters through and get your chance to shoot the stage. How many stages are there typically in a day? It will depend on the club. 
some of the bigger local one matches will sometimes have up to eight. I've seen as many as 12. Oh my God. Um, you know, the Buckeye blast is coming up. Um, we'll be held this weekend at Cardinal. Uh, that's the big state Ohio match. Um, so the, a lot of the local clubs in the last month have been running eight to 12 stages. Um, some of the smaller clubs will run usually at least four stages. So those matches, you might only have 40 shooters at most 10, 10 people to each stage to start. And you can be through those pretty quick. I mean, it's, it moves pretty well. Yeah. What's your, like how long if I get there at nine o'clock, when would you, know, you usually be done? If you get there at nine, you start shooting at nine thirty on the dot. Depending on your squad, I mean, usually if it's only a four stage match, in most cases, you're out of there by twelve, twelve thirty. You know, oh, eight it's like to, a half day thing. Yeah, you know, until you really get into like some of the bigger, more complicated stages. Now, those matches, you know, you might start at ten and finish at two, but it just depends on the setups. You know, the big level twos and threes. Some of those are start are shot in a two day format. You'll shoot half the course on a Friday and the other half on a Saturday. Okay, I feel like I have a pretty good handle on this now. I guess my next question would be, what does a, a good stage look like? What's a fun stage? And like, how many rounds would I fire on it? It'll all depend. Uh, so there's small, medium, and large. Smalls have to be, you know, no more than X amount of shots. Mediums and, and large, I think, can go up to 32 or 36 shots. So it depends on the layout. I mean, you could, you could have a 24-round count stage that, you know, if you're really good, could take you seven, eight seconds to complete. And it all depends, you know, is, is, it, is it like you know, a downhill speed trap or are there a lot of corners to navigate? Are there different shooting positions that you're going to have to move to? You know, you can, you're going to start on the X and then, you know, position one, you're only going to be able to see two targets. But as you're moving from position one to position two, you're going to be able to engage five targets on the walk. So it really depends on the layouts. I don't think I've... I don't think I've ever seen a stage that walking would probably take you more than 30 seconds. I mean, hopefully, hopefully (laughs) we'll test and see, you know, level twos and threes could absolutely be larger. It depends on the layout. You know, classifiers are for the most part, there's a good chunk of those that are only shot from one position. There's some that are shot from two. There's some that require movement. So you get a variety of stuff in this. There is a ton of options. All right, Jed. If you had to give some advice to somebody who has never shot competitively before, what would you tell them before they go to a match like this? Uh, Go in with an open mind, learn what you can, but have fun. I mean, that's, that's the big thing. Don't, don't get uh, too disheartened. If, if the first time you shoot a stage, somebody else, you know, does it in half the time that it took you. We all have to start someplace. This is a phenomenal sport to get into. Um, the camaraderie in it is great. I have not, I have not met anybody regardless of the rank. And I, I've met, you know, a lot of GMs and masters and alphas and bravos. Never met anybody above or below my class of shooting that if you had a question or you had a thought that they were like, yo, you just need to shut up. Get away from me. Like everybody's always like everybody that I've ever come across. And this has been so welcoming. And I think your expectation going into a match like this, especially should not be, man, I want to be really competitive i think in the beginning stages it's i want to get better and competition will get you better regardless absolutely all right my man i think that's all we got that's all we got did i miss anything i don't think so i think uh you know we got uh we got some divisions in there got some talk on the optics a little bit of major or minor in there as well um 
I think we pretty well covered it. Cool. If you guys have any questions, please shoot us an email at sales at Blackwing or info at Blackwing. Or you can always text us. Yep. Or you can always text the shop number. Now you got to queue up the shop number. 740-363-7555. And if you're going to one of these matches, you see some uh, some lumberjack-looking fella in a Blackwing jersey, you know where he comes from. Join us next month when we talk about clone rifles, a subject near and dear to our hearts for sure. Sounds like a good Mark 12 on a hot summer day. 110. <laughs> All right, everybody. Thank you.